Production. That's a problem when I was probably from 15 to 27, which is a big time in my life. A lot of a lot of men have attitude problems. There's nothing nothing new. But what I realized when behind my attitude problem was that I never wanted to make a decision with my attitude that was going to land me in jail. Because I always knew no matter how mad I was or how mad somebody got at me or how bad somebody talked to me, jail was going to be way worse. What's the name of Uncle Poochie's podcast? Six Feet Under. Six, six Feet Under podcast. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Whenever this message reaches you, listen to another episode of Six Feet Under podcast. I am your five foot nine host with sophisticated ignorance, Uncle Poochie. Jay. <laughs> that's funny man um it's actually really funny because i used to do that all the time but uh before i get in front of myself uh i have a guest as always got a family member to the dinner table you know we always bring it around man we always bring it around my family members are talented people um today we have a man who is not just an artist but he's a man of many talents um before i get any deeper into that i'm gonna step, let him step up to the mic my brother tell the people who you are What's up? It's your boy. It's your it's your boy Laverd, L U V W E R D. That's how you pronounce it. That's how you spell it. You know what I'm saying? I'm a producer slash rapper slash artist slash entrepreneur slash father slash slash everything. You know what I'm saying? I'm like prime time lightweight. You know what I'm saying? See, if you don't See? know prime time is, y'all gotta Google that. If you know prime time is, you too young to talk to us. First and foremost, I mean, I'm gonna be real with you. We're not talking about seven o'clock. Okay, we're talking about actual prime time, but um, thank you, Laverne. Come, thanking for coming to the dinner table, bro. Thank you for coming to Six Minute Podcast. Um, I think the internet is a cool place because if I didn't have it, I would never met this brother. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And I don't remember, remember the time frame of when we met, but I do remember when I when I like caught eye of you. I was like, man, this brother is talented. Like, damn, dog, I gotta have him on my show. So thank you, bro, for making our time, breaking our time, uh, and coming to the Six Minute Podcast, brother. I appreciate that. No, I, I appreciate you and thank you for having me on, man. Yeah. You know what I, mean? I like what you're doing. Well, I appreciate that, bro. Uh, obviously, I like what you're doing. That's why I have you here. Did you see my boy out here? My guy got the whole wilderness in the background. <laughs> looking good, bro. If y'all not looking at us on on uh, on uh, YouTube right now, uh, Bert is in, uh, well, he's in an area of California that is very beautiful. And I think that was why one of the reasons why me and his brother were able to even get in touch. Because obviously, I don't think I'd be seeing like a lot of people in the forest. Or maybe I'm tripping. Do black people be in the forest like that, my bro? Man, you'd be surprised. It, it, really? It'd be, it, it be, like, it be like the Negroes that's really low-key. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Sticking to themselves. Just mm. trying to handle their business and maintain their priorities, you know? Yeah. With that yeah. wild and shit and that irresponsibility shit. You know what I'm saying? And they just like peace. I like peace. You know, mm. so... That's another reason why I'm up here, you know? I, so. You know what? Thank you for giving us the first topic of what we finna get into of many we're going to talk about. But you said peace. You like peace. I ain't going to hold you. I love peace now, too. And now that I just turned 30 last year, I realized that peace is going to be around for a very long time for me. <laughs> if you do not give me peace, you will be peace the hell oh, out. Gotta, oh, you got to go. You got to go. You know, it, you know, if you with that toxic bullshit... Gotta get up out of here, man. Gotta get up out of here. And then the crazy thing about it is, again, with like me saying turning 30, like obviously that's just the age, you know, because not everybody like has to mature at the same time. But it was like something about when I turned 27, I started looking up and I was like, I don't think I like this. I don't think I like none of this. And that was crazy because at the time I didn't realize I was working towards my peace. And as a black man, I think that can be a little bit difficult. You may, I'm pretty sure you can relate to me because uh sometimes we don't really get the definition of peace. Um, I'm gonna say we get the definition of peace. We don't really get shown peace 
of mind in a light that I think we should be gravitating to at a young age. Do, do you get what I'm trying to say? Oh, no, definitely. Like when you're young, especially, mm-hmm. I'm going to just speak for myself, but I'm yeah. sure there's a lot of people out there that can relate. Yeah. Hey, man, when you're young and you're in, I don't know what you would say, in urban areas or if you're in the culture or whatnot when it comes to like hip hop or rap or whatever, just in the culture in general, man, even when you're on the internet, it's a lot of toxic shit that's pumped into your psyche. And that shit takes a toll on you mentally, physically, and that shit can, and you know, and stress can literally kill you. So, you know, like, like, you, man, I'm telling you, you know, it's niggas that's our age that already got, you know, ain't got no hair, bro, from just strictly stressed. Niggas got gray hairs and all kind of shit. So, you know, with me, it's just like, I don't want to be sitting in a situation where I'm stressed out trying to figure out what I'm going to do with my life. I'm stressed out because of my family and my situation. You know, sometimes the best thing you could do for yourself is just to get up and leave. Go see the world or get up and relocate and appreciate the world for what it is because it's so much more than just your neighborhood. It's so much more than just the city you live in. You know, it's a big-ass planet out there. Get your passport. Get get going. Uh, go on to see different countries. See how other people live. It broadens your, your horizon. It also opens your mind, man. It actually helps you become more intellectual, too. And there's nothing wrong. A lot of people be like, oh, Oh, this nigga's a square, man. Oh, he's a nerd, nigga. No, it's nothing wrong with any of that shit, bro. There's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't make you less of a man. It doesn't make you a pussy. It doesn't make you a mark. It doesn't make you a sucker, bro. You got to think like Huey P. Newton, that nigga had a fucking whole ass uh, PhD from the University of Santa Cruz, but that nigga was gangster as fuck, and he was smart as fuck, too. And, Look at and Malcolm X, too. Malcolm X also. Oh, oh man, listen, let me tell you something. One of the things I love... um, I don't actually know who made this quote up, so I'm not going to quote the person I heard who said it. But one of my favorite quotes about Malcolm X is Malcolm X was Detroit Red. Detroit Red is Malcolm X. And a lot of people don't realize that, you know, outside of just if you watch the movie, you know, it's like a little small portion of him being Detroit Red. And then he's Malcolm X. But if you read the book, he's Detroit Red for a very, very long time. Very long time. He is Detroit Red for a very, very long time. And it took him going to jail. And his own brother, in the movie, it's a, a man he meets in jail. But in the, in the book, it's his own brother who has come to him and is like, man, you are messing up, okay? And you got to stop. And that's one of the things that I feel like with this generation, at least people our age, we will be one of the first generations to show the whole entire growth because you got the cameras, you know what I'm saying? And you were, you know, before I was Uncle Puche, I was just keeping our Johnson Jr. running around with a snotty nose in Sacramento, you know, and people going to remember that. And heck, I'll show them. Because I want people to know there is power in progression. There's power in growth. Like you said, leave your neighborhood, leave your town, leave your city, leave your state. Hell, I don't care where you go. All right? You know, I went to five different elementary schools, three different middle schools, and almost four high schools. And not saying that that was a great thing, but damn, that makes me realize one thing. People are verse. And it doesn't matter where you are, Mark, here, you are, you are heralded as an educated person over here. It's all about your perception of your reality and your society. But but Levert, the hard part about that, I would say, as a black man, is trying to keep it real and stay uh, true to yourself while also progressing. They don't teach us that. They don't teach us that because I'm I'm, I'm a child of the boondocks. I'm sure you've probably seen the show yourself. But keeping it real, keeping it real goes wrong real quickly. Real, yeah. Okay. And when you slam them doors and you in that jail cell, no one cares. 
that you yeah, kept it real. I don't wish jail on nobody, bro. No, that no, shit, no. to be honest with you, man, I really figure on my personal perspective, I think prison is worse than death, bro, to be honest mm. with you, man. Mm. Because it's like it's like you're dead on the outside world, but you're locked like locked up like an animal, bro. You mm. know, and then you have other people that try to impose their will on you and you really don't have a way to self-defend yourself. And if you do self-defend yourself, they just add more time to your sentence anyway. Yep. So yep. it's like, it's a catch 22. It's like, once you're in there, you're stuck, you're a slave, bro. And I don't, I'm not with that shit at all for anybody. I wouldn't wish that on anyone. Period. No, I, you know, the thing about it is I was joking with my girlfriend about this yesterday. And, um, you know, I, in finding peace, I had to learn to control my own attitude. Like I had an attitude problem. I'm the first one to admit to people. Now, at my big age of 30, I had an attitude problem when I was probably from 15 to 27, which is a big time in my life. A lot of a lot of men have attitude problems. It's nothing, nothing new. But what I realized when behind my attitude problem was that I never wanted to make a decision with my attitude that was gonna land me in jail. Because I always knew no matter how mad I was or how mad somebody got at me or how bad somebody talked to me, jail was gonna be way worse. Than right. responsibilities that you know, then the words or whatever came behind it. But then again, I understand that some people don't understand that. You see, they don't use that logic because they weren't they weren't born with that logic, and that's why I'm gonna get into it with you next. Now, I don't know your opinion on this, but uh, my opinion is this because we talked about this in uh, pre-production. I went to college. I went to UC Davis. Um, it's for you all who don't know where that's at. It's in the city called Davis, in Northern California. Uh, it's the school I'm always talking about, and I'm like, it's no big deal. Um, the reason why I say, no, I'm just saying Davis is like, what, 15 minutes outside of Sacramento. It's right there. Yeah. Yeah. It's right out there. Um, and it's like one of the top three or four schools in California to to some people it's a huge deal. I would like to say it's a huge deal, but the problem that I found that I'm still getting over was that when I was in those spaces of being educated, I found it an issue because when I went back to the places where my friends weren't educated. It was like a thing where I was not trying to make them feel bad because I was in a higher education level, but they felt bad. So in turn, I felt bad for being educated and educated um, and uh, they were not receiving the same education. So as a black man, I think it's really hard sometimes to really like divulge from your old ways because you seen as trying to act like you're better, quote unquote, than people when you try to really better yourself. And I don't know, dog. I, I I don't know how to explain that to make people feel better about themselves. I don't even know if it's my job to make you feel better about myself. At this one, I don't. I'm like, hey, whatever, bro. If you feel bad, then I don't know what to do for you anymore. Well, my experiences and what I learned from situations like that is just like mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the times it's just insecurity. And a lot of the times it's just like some they sometimes your peers can't handle that. Y'all all come from the same place mm-hmm. and you went a different route than they did. Mm-hmm. And things tended to work out for you Mm. and it didn't necessarily work out for them in a particular route that they went or if they try to go the same route that you rent sometimes it doesn't necessarily the outcome is not the same as your outcome so it it just it just festers frustration anger and a little bit of insecurity on top of that and instead of really understanding who they are as an individual and digging deep inside they rather lash out on the thing that they feel insecure about you know so that's the best way that I can explain it. You know, also, you know, when you go to other places and you do things like go to a university, graduate, or if you go out the country or if you go to different cities and locations, 
you always have to have an open mind. And a, and a lot of the times I feel that our peers really don't have, you know, especially as an African-American and male in the United States, it's like, it's hard for you to have an open mind because you've been indoctrinated with, with a lot of ignorance and not saying that it's, it's their fault. It's not our fault at all. It's just the way the system is structured to keep us oppressed mentally. Cause yes, we're physically free. Yes. We can do all these things. And then you run into these individuals who are not African-Americans. You know, they could be from Africa. Like they could be from Senegal. They could be from Nigeria. They could be from Ghana. They can, and then there's other people that might be from the middle East or people from Southeast Asia or from Europe or, you know, uh, Mexico, South America, whatnot. They look at us like, what's your fucking problem? <laughs> they're not being indoctrinated. They're not being oppressed mentally because it's a mental mm. game, especially when you get older. You can't always mm. use your fish. You can't always be shooting at niggas. You can't always be whooping on niggas and shit because it's a mental game. You know, this shit is chess, not checkers. You know, if you want to do checkers, man, that's for people who are underage. You, you know, you 18 and under, 19, 20, 21, you can do checkers. You know, but once you get over 21, man, it's the shit. You got to change the dynamics and the way you think and how you react to stuff. And I had to learn that the hard way because I had a hell of a temper. You know, yeah, I was I was I was, you know, I didn't I didn't necessarily go to college, mm. but I did join the army, you know, and mm. I did my schooling through the army. And I went mm. to college after the army. You follow what I'm okay. saying? because I didn't have the means to actually finance myself and get loans and all that because I grew up really poor. You know, my mother oh. was a single parent. You know, my dad really wasn't around. You know, he had his own vices and situations that he had to deal with. You know, my mom came from a third world country, even though she's she's um, she's African descent. She, you know, she comes from the Caribbean. She, you know, she came here when she was 13. So it's a little bit different for yeah. me. My situation was different. Now, I always said, OK, well, I don't want to be in this type of situation. I don't want to be like, you know, and there's there's nothing. I love my father, but yeah. it's just his lifestyle. I just didn't want to have that be a part of who I am. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And the thing about it is, is that sometimes when you elevate and you start living differently and you, you're exposed to different things, um, even with your family, their own insecurities can can be uh, taken out and lashed out on you when they're supposed to love you. And sometimes, you know, it's just out of confused love, confused ad- ad- admiration for what you're doing. And they just lash out because it's just like their situation didn't end up. They wish they basically they wish they were in your shoes, you know. And at, at the same time, it's like you want to help every everybody, but physically, mentally, you can't. It's impossible. It's impossible. You know? thank, thank you for actually segueing into my next point, the helping everybody, because that was where I, I realized I said, OK, all right. Well, in my head, how I was able to deal with it was that God has blessed me because I'm the oldest of three kids. I am the first. I am not even the first man. I am the first person on my father's side of the family, whole family graduated from college. So it was one of those things where I had exceeded. Oh, by the way, also, I have no children. That was a big thing, too. Everyone in my family, by the age of 21, elderwise, had at least one or two kids. Right. So I didn't went off to college. I don't have any children. Um, you know, I, I'm like breaking this mold. And now I'm like, well, God has blessed me. So it's time for me to give back. And I did it. But then I realized something. My giving in some ways only hurt because I started kind of picking up where some people needed to fall. Does that make sense? Like I, I, I put too much on my back to be like, hey, 
you know what, because, you know, you didn't get the same opportunities as me, I'm going to carry this load for you. And you know what, through, short, through seeing me go what I go through, you should figure it out. And then I realized the hard way. No, that is not how people work. You can't carry them. You can assist. But then I had to realize one of the hardest things I did when I talked about keeping it real, I had to keep it real myself. Some of these people really had to go. They had to, I had to cut them off. And that was when like, not even just like family members, but just good. Cause I'm, cause again, I'm, I'm a transplant. I'm from Tennessee, but I've been living in Cali since I was 14 years old. So California is my home at this point. So I basically gained a family of friends and people out here that when I got up to 25, I was like, damn, I gotta let y'all go. You know, similar to what you were saying, upbringing wise, um, you know, it wasn't that we were born into poverty. We just, my family, we weren't born into generational wealth, um, which is pretty I much. Think, I think that's like 97.8% of the African-American population. Yeah. yeah. That's actually descendants of slaves. You yeah. Know? And, right. and, and definitely I'm some descendants of some slaves, born and raised uh, family members from Memphis, Tennessee, grandmother from Louisiana, grandfather from Mississippi. Do the math on that. Like there's right. no way they were not slaves. Right. So. My- my dad's side, they come from Alabama, rural oh. Alabama at that. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? They're, they're, there's there's particular where they're from. There's a graveyard mm-hmm. that has uh, my descendants for over, I think, 225 years that are yep. in grave sites there, Same. you know, or 200 Same. years or so. You know, yep. I could tra- I could go there and, and look at my great great grandfather's grave. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yep. Same. My family, um, Hernando, Mississippi, it's a small, small town. My grandfather was my great 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 grandfather was just lucky enough to be a black person allotted land after the civil war like those those are rare situations you don't really hear black people talk about but with that we were nothing but laborers you know what i'm saying so it wasn't it wasn't in my family's dynamic to i don't want to say be more than what we were because i don't like saying that i don't know what we were supposed to be we are who we are but i'll tell you this the, the the cars were not made up for us to be successful i will say that Right. Um, so when I got here in Cali and I got around people like yourself, um, you know, I'm not going to lie. It was it, uh, as we talked about by my time in Davis, it was a little eye opening. I didn't feel like I belonged to be around. Um, and I hate saying it like this, but I, I didn't feel like I belonged to be around black people who were so articulate. I'll say it like that because I don't want to say educated because everybody's educated. There's street smart, there's book smart. There's, uh, you know, yeah, there's different of- forms of education. I got you. Education. But right. like the way these people are articulating themselves, I didn't feel like I belonged. And that was probably one of the biggest things now when I'm 30 is like breaking down that mold for black kids that I talked to is like, bro, you belong in whatever space that you ended up in. You know what I'm saying? Just right. because you don't see anybody from Memphis or you sound differently or, you know, you wear different clothes. I don't know. You belong to be there. But I think that's really hard for black kids because, well, I'll say now, maybe it's a little bit eye opening because of what the Internet and, you know, people with representation. But, man, I'm talking just almost 10 years ago when I was at Davis. I didn't have no black folks on no damn pamper. Like when no one when, when no black people riding them bikes. You know what I'm saying? So it was crazy. It was cra- like I kid you not. If people really want to look this up, I was a part of what's called a transfer automatic guarantee. The schools in California needed black people so bad. Yeah. They said, Listen here, little nigga boy. If you get a GPA of 3P, 3, 3.0, we will let your ass in this school. We don't care. We just need black folks so bad. And luckily, it was just the right place at the right time. I just yep. happened to be there. And that's how I got into school. I know a lot of people are like, well, how'd you get in? I was like, fool, I just, I literally just went to JC and just got a 3.0 and just 
just they just and that's what I'm trying to tell black people is that they I won't say they need us in the sense of how they will show, but they definitely want us when they want us. And oh, there's, I have, there's resources out there for us, period. Mm-hmm. But they're not gonna always tell you about all of them. You, Thank have, you. To dig, was, you have to dig on your own. Thank you, because that was the point I was going to get right into, because that program, no one came up to me and said, hey, Keith Jr., look at this program to get you into this good school. No, 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 no. I was a football player. OK, ladies right. and gentlemen, I was a football playing as individual. You couldn't have told me shit. I was going to the NFL. I was going to make millions of dollars. I was I was going to stiff on them. I don't do all that shit. And you know what happened? None of it. Uh... None. I didn't skip. I, I skipped on my ass right into a JC college with a bad leg and like ten concussions. Because this is before CTE and people like sitting people out. So you got a concussion when I was playing football. You just your brain was just rattled. Okay, but <clears throat> I say all that to say this: I had to quit football. I had to quit football. I had to go into a guidance counselor, sit down, and say, "I just played football for sixteen years of my life. I wanted to go to the NFL. I'm no longer going. I have no idea what I'm supposed to do with my life." Literally, and that's Literally. a lot. That's a lot of black males in this country. Like yeah. I think that society puts the emphasis on us to play sports, mm-hmm. you know, or um, to be entertainers, mm-hmm. you know, or you know, everybody has the rap dream, you know. Like me personally, mm-hmm. me getting into this whole creative space of me doing music and whatnot, mm-hmm. I didn't come into it with the mentality of. I'm going to be a platinum artist. I'm going to be the biggest nigga out. I'm going to be this. I'm going to be that. No, I came into it with, this is something that I like to do. I think mm. this is cool. And I have a little bit of talent in it. I am not the best rapper. I am not the best beat maker, producer, whatever. You know what I'm saying? But I can hold my own. And mm. I feel that I have something to say. And that something to say can contribute to anybody who's listening in their lives. Hopefully they can connect. You know, like like you were saying before, like it's certain things that we're not expected to do or know how to do like the other day I was having a conversation and uh, you know and I was just kind of got casually talking about some shit that I had to do in my backyard because mm-hmm. um, I have to you know there were some trees that were down for just a fire break so you know you have that space around if there's a fire that catches around your property or whatever and I'm mm-hmm. like well this tree's been here for a while I got an estimate from a person and they want x amount of thousands of dollars to get rid of this shit I said man I'll go buy a chainsaw and do this shit myself you know, because I, you know, I know how, you know, I'm, I didn't, I had never used a chainsaw in my life, but my life experiences prepared me for that, you know? So it's just like, well, if this motherfucker can use a chainsaw, I can use Watch a chainsaw. You know what I'm saying? And I mm-hmm. bought my motherfucking shit and I knocked down and did my own work and it only cost me 500 bucks total. Thank you. You know, that is my next, that is my next thing I wanted to get into because just like what you just brought up, that is what you call life experience. And life lessons. So when I quit playing football, here was the problem. And this is the problem. I know you're going to know. I know what I'm talking about is that when I quit playing football, my real life started. OK, because my whole life was about a dream. That was a pipe dream. And I did not take the time to look at life lessons and life experiences because I was going to the NFL. OK, see, at the time when I should have been learning traits and skills and things like that. I was too busy trying to study football, which is not a problem. I want people to know something, too. I have no problem with no one saying they want to play football or wanting to make music or do whatever you want to do. But the one thing that I want to point out that uh, you just said is that you had life experience. You did not pick up a chainsaw, but you had life experience to be able to do it. Um, Life is all about living and giving yourself experiences. If you keep doing the same things that your homies are doing in the neighborhood, 
or that you grew up seeing or that you only know, you have no life experience. You only yeah, I know. Saw, I saw show. a quote from an investor that said, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I just had that conversation with my girl about perception being reality. And, you know, we it was a small tip. She talked about how she didn't like how people could be judged by their friends. And I said, get over it. OK, I, I don't care what you say. You'd be the nice person in the world. If you hang out with them people. You are those people. I'm 30 years old now. I no longer go. Well, maybe I have to be different than my friends. No, I'm not. Nah. <laughs> people I think with are the people I'm going to be with. OK. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the cool thing I like about you being self-efficient and going to get that chainsaw and, and doing it yourself, it takes me back to what I talk about as black men. It's like, yo, fam, in life, especially in our lives, there are times where we just want to take this thing by the wheels. As right. you said, chestnut checkers. Even you if they know, didn't teach you game. My, my <laughs> thing, my, my thing is this. If if I can shoot a 50 cal, if mm-hmm. I can strip down a, 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 a M4 or AR-15 or whatever the fuck y'all mm-hmm. want to call it, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? If I could go to war and I can survive all this shit, what the mm-hmm. fuck is a chainsaw? And it's a lot of niggas that's scared to use chainsaws. They like astounding. Nigga, you know how to use a chainsaw? It's like, yeah, nigga. I know how to use a chainsaw, nigga. You know what I'm saying? And then on top of that, even if you don't have the life experience, go to fucking YouTube. YouTube, thank YouTube you. YouTube everything, bro. Go to YouTube. Yeah. But you see, but then, but then again, this is where, okay, so I've been building all this up to get around to this point. This is where I came into the problem. And I had to, I had to sit with myself because I went from being non-informed non, uh, to being informed, to going back to try to help the informed, to get into a point where I was really, really angry. And I was like, you know what? I can't save you Negroes. So I stopped helping. And then I got on a train and I had to check myself because I found myself being in the category where people who are informed sometimes, they get a little high headed. And they're like, well, if y'all niggas knew how to do this, or y'all niggas need to get on my level. And nah, it was like, I, I don't never say no shit to nobody like that because that's belittling people because we mm-hmm. all came from a we we've all came. All right, so look, I read this book by mm-hmm. Jordan Peterson, the twelve the twelve rules of life, I think it's called or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, everybody doesn't know how to do something. When you're yeah. a baby, you don't know how to walk. You learn. Yeah. You don't know shit as a kid. Yeah. And as a teenager, oh man, when you're 19, 18, 17, oh. You think you know every fucking thing. It's like, you got the hang of this shit. I look back at it in retrospect. I was dumb as fuck when I was that young, bro. Hey, dumb is a I motherfucker. No dumb is a motherfucker. 18, 19, pooch. Yeah, nigga, I thought I knew everything, man. I everything. didn't know shit. Nothing. Nothing. And that's where I came into my problem. Because even, you know, I, I even just as early as last year, I had to get checked. My man Mitch from Are You Serious Podcast, shout out to him. He had to tell me, like, you know, I was making little videos on IG, right? And, you know, I was just being on my, my quirky pooch self, just, you know, being myself. And one day he told me, he was like, yo, you choosing violence. And I'm like, what? And he like, yo, you choosing violence. And I'm like, what you talking about? And he was like, you know, you out here telling people like, well, I can do it. Why can't you? Don't get mad at me. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, yo, fam, I never looked at it like that. I got into a place where I had, I got into a place where I became so good at who I was and so comfortable with who I was, I started discrediting other people's insecurities. And that's a big thing. And that's why I'm going to get into the next point with you. It's it's very touchy, but I just have to say it. Obviously, we have a problem in the Black community when it comes to gun violence, as far as Black men on Black men. But it is difficult now for me, especially to be in a place to be like, hey, fam, I'm not finna flaunt I'm not finna showboat. I'm not finna uh, do whatever the term, whatever term you want to use, because 
motherfuckers be mad insecure and motherfuckers be mad sensitive. And who am I to know on a day where I'm feeling myself looking good, feeling good, whatever it is, I step on the wrong toes. And now I'm in a situation where violence is occurring. And so, again, when you come around to being educated, you got to also watch out that education and how you use it up on the people, on, on other people, because they will take that as a threat. I have found that. Some people just don't like you just because. Yeah. Sometimes there's no way around that. You could True. be minding your business and somebody's not going to like you for True. whatever the fuck the reason's going to be. True. They might hide it. They might have animosity. And some of them would just outright be like, fuck you, nigga, I don't like you. It's like, yeah. okay, well, hey, man, sorry for disturbing you. I'm going to go this way. Mm. I hope you, you know, stay blessed. And that's it. You know, there's nothing else to say. But, but, but LaBert, you, you, you ain't, you, you going to be a punk. If you walk away from a fight, you're going to be a punk. You, you're going to let them punk well, you. See, that's, that, that goes back to the whole thing. This is chess, not checkers. It's a mental thing when you get to a certain age. You know, you, you know, call me whatever you want to call me. I know me. I know that I'm going to go home and I'm going to be comfortable. I don't know what your situation is like because I know that people that are focused on bettering the quality of their life, they're not trying to beef. They're not trying to funk. They're not trying to have negative resistance with other individuals because they want to live long and enjoy that shit. They want to be with their, their kids. They want to you know, be with their family. They want to live long and enjoy the fruits of their labor. And that's what I'm all about. You know, I'm not trying, you know, I don't need no, you know, negative resistance. Now, am I a punk? No, you know, I'll walk away. But if you put your hands on me or you try to fuck with me, bro, it's, that's a totally different that's situation. That's a whole different situation. That's a whole yeah. different situation. And that's and that's where the, the the portion of where you come back to Chestnut Checkers. Thank you for the title of the episode, by the way. <laughs> Chestnut Checkers becomes a huge thing because I had to learn if I walk away, I am walking away with my life. If I stay and fight, I am staying and fighting for one thing that I do not need in this situation. That's pride. Um. I, as a man, have learned that um, I, well, let me back this up. I was a very prideful person um, at, a, at one point in my life. Uh, if, if you go back and listen to my- I, I story, still, Hey, man, I still am. <laughs> you know, I was just going to say, and truth be told, I still am. I still am. I talk to my girlfriend about this all the time. Like, sometimes she asks me questions, and I'd be like, I'm going to be real with you. I cannot answer that right now because my pride is going to answer not the not not the not the actual answer I want to give but the pride for me is going to answer and right now I ain't got time for it cuz I can't answer it without my pride and so that's what I learned when I you know the person who had an attitude problem is that my pride was getting in the damn way it was just so like man I couldn't progress because I would just get so proud of things or pride, like prideful about things. It would be like, well, like, you know, if you don't, if you don't like it, my nigga, the fade is outside and we can do whatever the fuck you want to do about it. And I don't give a fuck. And it was like, like, pooch, we don't have to go that way. Like, you don't even have to do that. Cause honestly, that nigga don't want them problems anyways. But see you like, you know, when you have a certain type of attitude about yourself, you have to realize, as you said, chestnut checkers, some people just popping off at the mouth and some people really do want problems, but in nine times out of 10, most people just popping off at the mouth. Right. You don't have to settle this, man. You right. can just leave it alone, you know. But but again, uh, <laughs> having all that pride, I ain't hear none of that. You know what I'm saying? All I heard was that, you know, motherfucker, you said some crazy and it's time for me to check your ass. And, you know, that's that. Um, it took me a, a many of uh, uh, unsolicited uh, um, uh, community service uh, events to make me realize <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. Uh, <laughs> that uh, you should probably leave this prize shit alone. So uh, I'm go ahead. Another thing too, uh, you know, I just want to interject real quick. Oh, no, you're good. Like, um, <laughs> a lot of the times, 
if a situation does pop off and you have an individual that has an issue with you and they mm-hmm. want to get kinetic with it, you know, mm-hmm. violently, and something happens to them from fucking with you, all they're going to do is call the police and you're going to be the one. Thank you. In the situation. Thank you. Why did you do that? Because of this. You know, it's just like, oh, well, we're going to have to arrest you or do whatever, whatever. It's just like, so it's like, it, it's honestly like, it's a lose-lose situation. It's not even Not only did you whoop this bitch nigga's ass, you he gonna call the police and he gonna go tell. You see what I'm saying? Like if a nigga comes up to you and they, you know they want to firefight, they pull a gun on you and you pop their ass, bro. They gonna go tell, and it's your fault. But they didn't see how they were fucking with you, you know. So that's no. why it's just best to be like, let these ignorant niggas have they they fucking glory. If their ego is pumped up by talking shit and running their mouth, let them. Just don't put your fucking hands on me, man. That's it. Yeah. That's it. That's all I that's all I ask for, and that's all I pray for. When I come to situations like that, and that's for anybody who's listening to us right now that is younger, hell, even if you're older, I don't give a damn. It's just one of those things where listen, crime don't pay. I'm just gonna tell you right now, especially when you're black. I mean, do what you do. I mean, we all do it, but you know, you just have to understand situations that become physical, nine times out of ten, they never gonna really listen to what it was and why it was that you were treated that way. You right. know, and um they, they're just gonna throw you in jail. So that's yeah. just my um I I've I spent my time too much around jails to tell you how much of a waste of time it is. It is literally as my uh, mom used to work work at San Quentin, man. And she oh, word! Me, she used to tell me stories all the time when I was little about how fucking crazy it is in there. And she's like, "I don't. That's not a place for you." No. At the same time, don't be no bitch. But at the same time, like you don't want to end up there. You don't want to go there. No. Right. It, it, but then again, I will say to kind of t- uh, t- uh, to. To get back to what we were talking about a little bit earlier about ignorant shit, it is sometimes it feels like as a black man, jail is like literally a pipeline because of ignorant shit. I'm gonna just be honest with you. And that's why they feed you that shit on TV. That's why they feed you that shit on black shows, the networks, Instagram, black Twitter, all that other shit. You know, there's there's a lot, there's some positive things about black Twitter, but there's also some real ignorant negative shit too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, me and you both were pretty heavy on Twitter. I know I use Twitter at least once or twice a day. I definitely see you on there at least once or twice a day. And uh, that's, man, but that's what I'm saying. It's, it's, but how, how do you find the outlet when you are in ignorance? That is one of the hardest things I find to be difficult for these kids nowadays because the outlet for me when I was in ignorance was that luckily I had a foundation of parents who were just like, listen, like my mother's side of the family, neither one of her parents graduated from high school, neither one. You know what I'm saying? Like they were just some laboring black people. My dad's side of the family, they graduated from high school, but again, like laboring. They they did not want, they didn't have the means, sorry, to do better than what they were able to do at the time because it's the 50s, 60s growing up in Memphis, Tennessee. My parents kept me away from ignorance, but exposed me to the ignorance. You said you were a father earlier. How are you going to now, like, because the cameras is everywhere. Social media is everywhere. How do you keep these black kids away from like being ingrained in in ignorance and insecurities all day, dog. I don't know how you do that. How do you do that? Well, I really don't shelter them from that. I just do as much dialect as possible with them mm-hmm. and show them my perspective, ask them their perspective. Hey, what do you think about this? Why do you think that way? Well, I think this. What do you think about what I think? You know, always keep the conversation and, you know, this works for me. I always keep my dial. I always engage in dialogue with with my kid, you know, so they don't end up in a situation where 
they have no knowledge of yeah. what they're getting themselves into. Because yeah. at the end of the, you know, when it's all said and done, bro, when they're grown and all this other stuff, a grown, a, an adult is going to do what they want to do anyway. Facts. You just have to basically see, I mean, from my perspective, you see them with the things and, you know, cause and effect. If you do this, this will happen. And, th- mm-hmm. and this is why this will happen. Mm-hmm. So when they are adults, they have better options of decision making, you know, mm-hmm. and I also try to cultivate emotional intelligence, too, because you don't want to get somebody to drag you out of your character where you do something emotionally and react and then you regret it and you can't take it back. You know what I'm saying? Because I've made those mistakes from coming up, you know, like, you know, I was growing up in Marin city, growing up in the Bay and shit, you know, mm-hmm. Richmond, Vallejo and shit. Like I, you know, there's a lot of times that I emotionally react off of stuff, but that was because inside I was hurting, you know, and, and, you. and instead of me dealing with those emotions, I would just lash out in anger. It's like, you know, I get in fights, get suspended from school, you know, fucking around playing with pistols and shit at 13. You know what I'm saying? Like, it was just different. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. I just but, try, I try to cultivate that. But, but you know what? I'm glad you got to that term because I was going to ask you, I was going to say it, uh, but you said it out loud. You out here, you got ESP or something, bro? Hell wrong with you, man. You out here, read my hey, mind. Man, you know, it's fresh air up here, man. You know, in the trees. Yeah. Like, hey, you yeah. ever heard that term tree huggers? And they make fun right. of it. But yeah. man, tr- trees, man, they can really ground you. You know what I'm they saying? And they have some type of connection. Like it really relieves a lot of stress, like being in a in an environment like that. I don't know. That's just for me. I can only speak. No, no, no. Listen, one of the things I, I learned, because uh, what I when I wanted to talk to you about was emotional intelligence uh, next. And you brought that up was that exactly uh, being in different environments, like in the, the, the forest or near trees or in complete silence, I think is one of the reasons why a lot of times black people have a, a problem with comprehension of different things, because we don't really get exposed. At least I'll say this in my background, <laughs> being in areas that weren't loud was not the norm. There was always some loud ass noise, whether there was music, whether that, that was and that fucks with your psyche, bro. It fucks with your brain. It, literally, literally does it, because it, 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 it can cause mental health issues too. It, it it does because what what many people, at least if they know by now, if you've been following my story, is that I was I was a raging alcoholic in my twenties. Like it, it it I mean it started in my teens, like most people, and just went downhill. I think it started it started when I was eighteen, and it didn't end until I was twenty seven. It was crazy. It was like one of the craziest nine years of my life. But one of the things I, I realized was when I was getting sober from alcohol, uh, one of the first people I met who had the same problem, one of the first things he told me was, you got to sit in the darkness. And I was That's like, what? Real. Yeah. He was like, you got to sit in the darkness. And I was like, I don't get what you mean. He was like, you got to go sit down, turn off all the music, turn off all everything and sit in the darkness. And you got to hear your thoughts. Yeah, and even a reflection. reflection. You know? Even me saying that out loud still sounds a little woo-woo to me. Like, I'm still working on that with myself. But at the time, that motherfucker was speaking Chinese. I was like, man, what the fuck is you talking about? Sit in the darkness? Go sit down? Like, nigga, what? Yeah, because if any other niggas see you doing that and they not on that cognitive level yet, they're going to look at you like, oh, this nigga's a weirdo. Yeah, this nigga crazy. Ass, like, ass nigga. Nigga, why are you sitting in the dark? Like, what the fuck is you doing? And so, so you know, you know, being a black person, I'm like, okay, I made sure everybody was asleep before I like went and it was dark. So it was actually obviously dark. So, you know, we are in the darkness. And he told me, he was like, bro, if you can't find like a place to just be like in a room by yourself quiet, 
wait until you go to bed, turn off your television, don't turn your TV on, don't turn on no music, don't do nothing, just completely make your room as pitch dark as possible. And that's what I did. I made my room pitch dark as possible. And I'm going to be real with you, Lavert. I could only sit in that room for five minutes. Yeah. My first time doing inner reflection work, mm-mm. I can do that. That was then you get anxiety, you want to start moving around and all kind of shit. The voices is just overcrowding your mind, but you, eventually, I'm sure you, you you got it together and you mastered that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but it was scary. It was scary as hell. And I love sharing that story with anybody anytime, especially when you come someone who talks about emotional intelligence, because I know they exactly know what I mean. Because that's a practice of emotional intelligence. I had to do the inner work, the shadow work, to figure out like, yo, like Pooch, why do you always have to be drunk? Or like, why do you always feel like you have to be socially out? And like, why can't I go to sleep without something in my veins? You know what I'm saying? Like, I couldn't be drunk, high, something. I had to be something. And that that first time sitting in my inner darkness was like, it, 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 it was mind blowing. Because what it made me realize was my elders hadn't done that. I had people in my family who were elders who, you know, I very, virtually looked up to. That I was like, you ain't never set by yourself. And the first person, you know, and I'm not trying to throw them the rug, you know, but it was my pops. I had to sit my pops down and I was like, listen, man, I'm not judging you. I'm not saying you a bad person. I'm not saying anything's wrong, but you need to chill. You need to learn how to chill. Because obviously, you know, you turn around and, and I'm sure you probably felt this before. Like, you know, whatever your situation was, with your father, you got antics from him. Like you got some type of antics from somebody that raised you, your pops or your mom or whoever it was. And hey man, you know, you, you, you split your DNA with your parents, you know? Yeah. So there's something, there's some of your mom in you and there's some of your dad in you, regardless yeah. of what sex you are, you know? Yeah. So, you know, you're going to, if you're, if you're, if you're a man or a young man, you're going to have traits like your dad. It's just to figure out which traits are you going to uh, highlight in your life. The good traits, because I don't give a fuck how fucked up your dad might be. I don't give a fuck how fucked up your mom might be. There's good in them. Yeah. And you just have to you have to find out what's good in them and pull it out of yourself because they're a piece of you. You just read my mind, brother. Because <laughs> that was exactly what I had to come to the conclusion when my father was, was that I was highlighting. I, I, I grew up with my dad. I will say that. But the thing was, my dad had me when he was 22. So my dad will tell you himself. He made a, a boatload of mistakes, you know. And it wasn't like my dad like did anything drastic. Luckily, he wasn't hitting my mom or had a drug problem. But my dad was twenty two. How how do you raise a kid when you're twenty two? You don't really know a house. You just you don't do know what the fuck you're doing. You yeah, know, there's 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 parents out there, you know, that had their kids at nineteen, mm-hmm. twenty four, twenty two. Mm-hmm. You know, you you trying to figure out what the fuck you got going on. You know, you don't know what you know. You barely know who you are. Now you got a life to take care of and help them figure out who they are. And that was where I had, who you are. That's like a conflict of interest. And, and and that is where I had to get to my own sense because I was I was drinking because I was blaming myself and indirectly blaming my dad for certain things that I felt were shortcomings. But then I had to sit down and be like, he was 22, bro. He was 22. I had to come <laughs> to that realization, too. You know, yeah. I had to come to that epiphany because, you know, my dad had me at 24. You know, my mom had me younger than that. So they really didn't know what the fuck they was doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't know what he was doing. And so when I when I said in the darkness, I brought my pops around me and I was like, listen, man, because it was it was a thing like me and him had a like a a, like a a, like a, you know, a chat. And I was like, yo, I'm not trying to get at you, dad, but I'm I'm telling you, we got a problem here. And luckily, you know, my dad now in his 50s, 
embrace the fact that, like, you know, I was older. So he, you know, I think being older definitely helped too. Like he realized that obviously I've lived some life and he was like, yeah, man, you, you might be right. And, you know, my dad's on a new path. He's back in school. You know, he's getting his education. And well, that's just, dope that your dad even listened to you because there's some people's fathers that won't even listen to him. Some people's mothers don't listen to him. Take that in consideration. They only too. hear what they want to hear. And if, that consideration too. and if it doesn't grow, stroke their ego on, on, of their perception of themselves, they're not fucking hearing it, bro. You know, and and that was one thing I had to take in consideration too, because for the longest time I felt I felt that way. I was like, y'all not listening to me, and I had to remember like I'm their 27, 28 year old son trying to explain something to them. And luckily, I'm not gonna say like I, like my parents listen to what I say because obviously it's a discourse. We're adults. We go back and forth, but at least there's a notion of like, okay, well maybe my son does know what he's talking about. And that's that's another thing too, because I realized that I'm lucky because not every one of my black friends has that type of dynamic with their parents. Some of them right. can't even tell their mama that they didn't like what they said, you know? Yeah, like some, yeah. Can't, you can't even tell your mama, they're, like, they're gonna, mama, you was wrong. They're going to be, you know, they'll be very dismissive. Yeah, you're very wrong, you know, or your mama, I, I didn't like that. And so that's, that again, that goes into emotional intelligence, but I just, I find that very scary because, you know, unfortunately, and this isn't me judging, not everybody gets that, that gets to that ground. You know, not everybody gets that calling. And that's where I come back to my point where I was like, yo, I'm not I'm never going to use my education as a tool against other people because you use the word that I didn't even think about. That's belittling. And I never thought about it like that. When I was telling people get on my level and all this stuff and all that, I'm thinking I'm telling, you know, get your, you know, come on, get up, like, get get with it. And it's took, you know, like, a, a, like people a, don't know how, you know, and if, and if they're in that situation and they can't see their way out of that, that, that fog. You're di- you're disrespecting them, you know, from their perspective. Yeah. And the thing about perspective is, is nobody can tell you how to perceive something. You have to perceive it for yourself. That's why it's, that's why they say, you know, have like-minded individuals around you. Yeah. Because if you have like-minded individuals around you, you can all perceive the same thing. Even if it's off a little bit, you mm-hmm. can still kind of reel them in. And then they'd be like, oh, okay, I see what you mean. You see yeah. what I'm saying? No, right. The, vice versa. Vice you know? versa. And yeah. that's, and again, I, I'm so happy I'm at a point in my life where I was able to receive that news. Cause I ain't gonna, I'm not gonna lie to you, bro. When he told me the first time, the first thing in my head was like, that ain't my fucking problem. Like, you know, like that ain't my fault. And I instantly saw the immaturity in that statement. Because one thing I will say about being um or or articulating yourself or educating yourself, one thing you have to take in consideration that now you have the burden of being educated. So here's here's another thing too. Yeah, go ahead. that thought. Yeah. You know, also remember, there's a lot of people that go to college mm-hmm. and they get educated in a particular mm-hmm. discipline. Yeah. Doesn't necessarily mean that they have the intellectual capacity mm-hmm. to do other things or to interact in society or see things from your perspective. True. Because, you know, memorization, because if you think about it, schools is just basically what you can remember. You That's read some all. shit, what you can remember, and they test you mm-hmm. on your, your remembrance. They're not really teaching you something no trying to make you remember some shit that's it you know and intellectual or intellect comes from two places in my perspective it comes Mm -hmm. from your mind and your emotions and how you be able to work those two things together because sometimes somebody could be heavy like kind of for example Mm -hmm. weightlifting yeah there's you know there's always a joke from people from the south the midwest or the east coast talking about west coast niggas don't lift weights on their legs yeah. They got the California body, skinny legs and big upper body, mm-hmm. you know, 
So you have to work everything, just like you have to work all the muscles of your body from top to bottom. Same thing when it comes to your intellect. You got to work your intellect and you got to work your emotions. You got to work them to, and you got to basically fuse them together so you can be whole, you know? And then also you got to work on your health, meaning your physical fitness too. So go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you. Oh, no, no, no. You, you, you were actually leaning me into the, the next section I was about to go into was uh, taking care of yourself. Um, because you were saying some people don't know, you know, certain things. And that was what I was going to get into was like taking care of yourself is going deeper into just knowing that, you know, something. And now in my head, you have the power to either improve a situation or manipulate it because I know how to take care of myself in a certain extent now that I know some people don't. And it's just not my power to try to manipulate them anymore because I see, you know, you see it every day with the government. With many things, it's just like, yo, you know, you can influence you to do what you want with the power of education or the power of being informed or the power of being articulate. So you are now pressing people to do what you want. And I don't I don't know. I, I think that's it's a it's a very it's a very scary world, because even with being like in a form of being a black person who finds themselves to be enlightened, I think it's also really scary because I'm gonna keep it 100 with you. Every enlightened black person I know does not live very long. <laughs> Historically, hey man. Historically, man, you know, I don't know. I don't. I don't know what that is. Black people do not speak, Like when you speak truth to fa- to power, man, you know you become a threat. You know, and you know, I don't know how many of your viewers are familiar with you know um, Minister Farrakhan, but mm-hmm. you know, I, I you know a lot of the shit that he says, mm-hmm. you know, it, he's giving he's he's telling you the game. You know. I was at the uh, Million Man March, the, uh, the uh, I think it was the 20-year anniversary. I was yep. there. And one of the things I find so funny about the Honorable is, as you said, he does give a lot of game. But the hard part about game is, is that man, I mean, that man had like 30 people with him on security. You know, yeah. like, yeah, he could not be by himself. Come on, he man. Cannot- I mean, he, he, he saw his peer murdered, bro. You know, and then it comes comes come to find out later to the general population. He probably already knew, but to the general population, it's like the FBI has something to do with that shit, bro. Come on, man. So it's like, yeah. what the fuck do you do? It's just like as a black man in America or as an African-American man, in uh, African-American person in America, period. It's like, bro, you can't. How can you trust the system when they have a history of destroying you? How can like, you? And then now it's, it's so cold that they don't really have to do it. They got Instagram. Facebook, Twitter, and each and ourselves that mm-hmm. does all the, all the dirt for them. And they could just be like this. Hey, man, y'all did that to y'all. We didn't have anything to do with that. And and that's that's where I, I wanted to close this. Uh, well, within the last last 20 minutes, can I keep you for 20 more minutes, my guy, before I let yeah. you go? Can I keep you for 20 minutes? Okay, cool. okay. And that's where I want to get into my next portion. Um, they don't have to kill you no more. You know, they used to have to assassinate you. They used to have to, you know, catch you outside and shoot you. Now they're the tools to destroy yourself. They, exactly. And that is the hardest part I find about when you are uh, African-American or black, whatever term you want to use, when you are artic- articulate in this country, the, 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 the clock is ticking, my brother. The clock is ticking. They're going to fix like you keep you keep you keep enlightening enough people. They're going to figure out a way to get your ass out this paint and this is what i find the most disturbing is you better be flawless because if you got one well, here's the right. thing here's the thing with that and i and i know what you're saying mm-hmm. a lot of the times 
they get up there. Their standard is, you know, mm-hmm. power standard is, is that I don't have this dirt on my record, but there's nobody in this country. I don't He's give a fuck what race you are mm-hmm. that hasn't done something that's going to be unsavory to a group of people, period. Even if you, even if what, what, what might be morally inadequate for one group of people or one person might not be mm. for the other. So they're going to mm. point the finger at that. You yeah. did this, but it's like, wait a minute, but y'all doing this, y'all allowing this. So how the fuck can you judge me? You know, and, but then there's an argument of somebody who's just doing something that's actually destructive to society and the whole totalitarian, the whole totality of society as itself. Mm-hmm. It's just like, well, I could do it because they did this, you know, and it's just it's just a back and forth argument. So it's just kind of like there's really no way around that particular situation. Now, it's not like in the 1950s when, you know, in 60s where America tried to portray themselves to the outside world through television and media and mm-hmm. advertisement, you know, or propaganda like America's like this. This is our standard. Stay, mm-hmm. you know, you don't do this before marriage, or you don't do this in society, you don't do that. You know, it's not like that. And even back then, motherfuckers had shit in the closet. It they wasn't like that it. back then, bro. Yeah, they, was, they, they, would, they would get rid of you to, yeah. if you try to expose them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? But, and so that's, uh, and uh, you know, you say the 50s and the 60s, and I'm, I'm not going to age uh, nobody, but I, I was nowhere born near the 50s and the 60s. Neither but I got plenty. But, uh, but I got plenty of family members, just like you do, who were born in the 50s, in the 60s. That was not that long ago, okay? That was not that it's long ago. It's funny because people make it think it is because we're in 2022. Like, the 90s wasn't that long ago. People think the 90s no. was hella long ago. The 80s wasn't that long ago. Because no. you got to think, you know, Malcolm and uh, Farrakhan, you know, they were peers in the nation. They were they were around when Elijah Muhammad was living in the flesh, and then mm-hmm. you know, there's you know, uh, 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 Minister Farrakhan is still here today, in 2022. So really think about that. There's, you know, he could tell you a, he's so filled with knowledge. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And people of his generation, you know, they're filled with knowledge and understanding of certain particular things that they've gone through. So they can actually that's that bridge, you know, that we mm-hmm. that people talk about. And it, like yeah. you said, it's really not that long ago. It's really not that long ago. And that's where I want, that's why I want black people to understand, or just, I mean, not even just black people, but especially us to understand. It's just like, when we talk about how far we haven't come, just realize brothers and sisters, it wasn't that damn long ago. Okay. It was not that damn long ago. I know because the, the pictures are in black and white and they do that purposely, by the way. Um, it's, it, it, and if you think I'm playing, go look it up. They actually purposely make those pictures of black and white for you to think it was that long ago. It's not. No. So it's like, I never get, I don't want to say like, I don't want to say I like am like, uh, no big deal. But when, when things occur to us, you know, when the George Floyd's, when the Trayvon Martin things occur to us, I'm like, I, I don't know what you expect from this country. They were blowing up little black girls in Alabama when my grandmother was in her twenties. Look, man, like, yeah, exactly. And you got to think, like, people don't realize Tupac was born in, what, 72? The nigga mm-hmm. would have made, what, 50 or 51 this year? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like that? Come on, my nigga. Like, this nigga grew up, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? In the late 70s, he he can remember yeah. afros, platform mm-hmm. shoes, mama in jail. college shit. You know what I'm saying? He remembers, he remembers when crack moved in in the 80s. Like, this is all 
this, this is not too, you know, this is not that long ago, bro. Like you're saying. My own father, my own father, this is so funny when I think about it. My own father was bust to his junior high school. Now, for you all who don't know the term bust, okay, because no one buses anymore, but it was a term or an act when segregated schools districts would take black kids out of their schools and put them in good schools, which are basically white schools, and allow the black kids to go to, it's only like 50 of them, okay? Can't have too many Negroes. And he was getting bust. And this was 1982, ladies and gentlemen. Right. So when you say that racism died a long time, bro, this was just the 80s. My dad was just doing Man, racism, this. Racism ain't never died in this country. It just got quiet for a minute. Yeah, that's it. Just, just got, just, and the reason why I got quiet is because they were working on a whole new game plan and strategy and a whole new tactic. And that's when they exploded with the Facebooks, the Instagrams, the Twitter. It's, it's, it's all this. It's all the reality uh, shows. The housewife shits, so. all that fucking toxic drama on the network That's, shit. Which is which is crazy to me too, because you take a show like like you just said, like so we can just fast forward. Fuck busting, because I could talk about that for hours. Just fast forward to today. The housewife shows, the reality television, the social media, the twerking, all these things. Now I'm gonna go ahead and pause something. I am not what you call a perfect man. Okay. I have watched these things. Have I enjoyed the twerking video? Yes, I have. <laughs> but what I will tell That's you, okay, man. I'm a man. I'm yeah. a man. So if you're going to shake your ass on the internet, I'm going to look. I'm sorry. I'm look. I, I will. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to look. I'm going to look. I'm going but... to comment too. It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm just coming to, to try to see what's up with it. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm a man. I'm a heterosexual I'm a man, bro. Yeah. Yeah. I like yeah. I like pussy. I like pussy I'm too. I'm going to look. I'm going to look. But I just, what, 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 what catches me off guard though is the influx of how normalized certain things like that get. So with the last couple of minutes, I'm going to just talk to you about normalcy, and I'm going to let you tell the people where they can find you. Now, me and the good brother here have talked about a lot of things today. But what I want you all to understand is the one thing I realized about life that becomes funnier and funnier, and I had, I, it, it just gets really funny to me, is that today is the day, I don't even say the day because I don't know when it's coming out, <laughs> but today is a day in June of 2022. In somebody's life right now, this is the good old days. Someone is looking at this and thinking, this is the good old days. You get what I'm saying? Like, someone is right. really seeing that shit. And yeah. me, you're like, this, is, this, this shit is terrible. This shit is there. Gas is $9? Look, bro, imagine what's going to happen in 40 years. Imagine what shit's going to be like in 40 years in this country. Thank you. And who, know, is- who knows if China gonna be running the gonna have hegemony on the globe? Who knows? Because you know the way these motherfuckers is falling apart from the inside out. You don't know what the fuck's gonna happen. I don't know what's gonna happen? Shit! And by that- forty years, God might be back, bro. Do you hear me? Because you know? I'm gonna tell you when 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 my mom and daddy was little, they said by 2022 California was gonna be off in the sea. Okay, <laughs> this motherfucker wasn't supposed to be here, and this motherfucker <laughs> is still here. Okay, and that is exactly what I want to talk about with normalcy is that y'all have to understand it's not the fact that I am trying to tell you all to do better or be better or whatever, whatever, whatever. I'm not preaching to nobody. I'm I'm not preaching to them. I'm just speaking my truth and with my perspective. But the thing is, at a certain point, all this shit just becomes normal. Okay, you have to realize that you are either finding yourself in your own truth and in essence going against the grain or you just going with the show, man. And I'm not saying one is better than the other. One's, one's better for me. One may be better for you. But I'm telling you right now, 
a lot of this shit ain't going nowhere. The reality shows ain't going nowhere. They already know how to make a buck. The twerking videos ain't going nowhere. They already know how to get you stuck. If they really wanted to get rid of shit, Codeine wouldn't be around. But why they still got it? Bro. You don't need Codeine. What do you need Codeine for? In 2022, tell me right now, what the fuck do you need to drink Codeine for? You don't. But they there's, a lot, there's a lot of things that you don't need to do. There's a you lot know, of things. Let's talk about marijuana, too. Do you really need that shit? You know, I think a lot of people that are fucking with that has some type of situation going on with themselves. You know, and I'm talking about the people that are smoking regularly. Yeah, all, no. All the time. You no. Because yeah, you can is, have a glass of wine, but if you're drinking wine four every, glasses a day. Exactly. Every day, because I'll probably. tell you like this. I have no problem with people who use marijuana. But exactly to the point I think you're getting to is that if you sitting here, bro, and you got to be high out your mind all day, you got to smoke before we eat. You got to smoke before we talk. You got to smoke right when you wake up. You getting agitated. You getting irritated. Ah, I got to smoke. And this is coming from a person who personally dealt with that himself. Like I had to check myself. I was like, my nigga, you do not need to smoke. Okay. You need to go sit your ass down. So, no, I agree with you right there, bro. You 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 speaking to the choir. Now, now you are preaching to me because I definitely had to tell myself that. I had a homie tell me. He said, "Uh, I, you know, I shared something with him one time. He was like, this is how you feel all the time? Yeah, nah. And I was like, damn. Damn, that, that must not be good, huh? For example, right, you know, like um, there's a wine vineyard not too far from my house, like literally like down the street, right? Mm -hmm. I can literally go get wine. I joined the wine club. I can literally go there and get toasted every day all day i could sit there all day and just get toasted because first of all i don't want to be buzzed all day i have shit to do you know what i'm saying so i'm not gonna put myself in a situation where it makes me non-productive and some people can function like that but you know and more power to them but for me i just i i can't do that bro uh you know you know i like to go i like to run my little three to four miles a day to make sure my cholesterol stays low to make sure that I stay fit, mm -hmm. you know, because I don't want to be older and having health issues and shit. Because that's the worst thing to be mm -hmm. is to have health issues when you're older, bro. That shit sucks, bro. And and, and to keep one hundred, I ain't talking about nobody, so don't know everything I'm talking about them. Because I'm gonna say something. Older is relative to what you've been doing with your body, okay? Because right. right. there are people who are eighty who look fifty, and exactly. there are fifty who like look one percent body fat. I'm, I mean, Peck's banging these motherfuckers, doing chin-ups and going over the bar and all kinds of running marathons and shit. Okay, I'm a young man and I still can't do that shit. And believe me, I, I, I run, I, I exercise, bro. You know what I'm saying? I got, mm -hmm. I do dips. I, you know, I bench press. Mm -hmm. I do squats. I run mm -hmm. miles. And there's mm -hmm. some shit that I be seeing a 60 year old do. I be like, God damn, what the fuck is this nigga eating? I need to get on that shit. Good. <laughs> and that's where, where I say relative because. It, it, in, in life, man, all of us at this point, we all on borrowed time. I think if you're over 25 years old, you've heard me say that a multitude of times. We're all on borrowed time. So what you want to do with this time is really your prerogative. Okay? Right. All right? And if you're not taking care of you, oh, believe me, somebody going to have to take care of you down the line. And I don't know if you want that. And I don't want that. I, I want to be able to take care of myself as long as possible. It's but nothing again, worse than burdening your seeds with taking care of you because you fuck, fucked off your health when you were younger. Or you didn't make the right financial decisions. You didn't. You didn't sacrifice and be like, okay, well, it would be selfish of me to put my children in this situation because I'm young enough to still do this. So at least when I get there, they'll have some. I contributed to helping them help me. Yeah. You know, 
But again, that 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 again is not what most black people are brought up to see. So that's when it's up to whoever you are in the the uh, family tree to say, "Hey, man, I'm not going to do this. I'm not throwing no shade on nobody in my family." But you know, I have had family members who have passed away in their fifties from things because it, it it just they they didn't have a healthy lifestyle. My grandfather, my mom's mom, he died at sixty from emphysema, bro. Wow. Come on, man. That's that's a smoking smoking joker right there, boy. Oh, that oh man, he used to drink like fish and he used to smoke Ooh, like fish. Lord. It's sixty years old. What else? Years old. Now, now you know, even back then, that was still young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because people lived a lot older back in the day. Now niggas die a little younger now because niggas is mad unhealthy. And they putting mad shit in our food and GMO bullshit. But you, you, Papa and Mama generally live to be about eighty, ninety years old. You know, right. so, you know. My gra- mm-hmm. Okay, so put put this into perspective. Mm-hmm. I just told you about my grandfather dying, right? Mm-hmm. His mother, my great grandmother, mm-hmm. outlived him. Yeah. My mother and I had to bury her, and she died at like almost ninety. Yeah, you know, I- so, and nothing worse than having to bury your kid, man. That's yeah. fucked up. Fucked up. So you have to think about how you you taking care of yourself. Um, before we get out of here, you know, my brother, tell a little bit, tell the people about your uh your music. Tell people about what you got going on. Tell them where they can find you. You know all that jazz, bro. <laughs> The pl- you plug yourself. Got it. Okay, check this out. So, Kenneth Laverd, K-E-N-N-E-T-H underscore L-U-V-E-E-R-D. That's my handle for Instagram. My handle for Twitter is at L-U-V-E-E-R-D. Um, Facebook is Kenneth Laverd. I'm also on Spotify. I just dropped the EP on April, April 4th. It's called Buckshots five bangers make sure you stream that um there's a youtube channel coming soon and i got some visuals for the project coming soon so just stay in touch with me holler at me on all the platforms you know and uh you know just you know let's just all build that's pretty much what i got to say and i appreciate you for letting me come up on your platform and we having this very intricate conversation of two like-minded individuals yeah. Especially as black men in America, this is great for us. I'm yeah. glad that I met you. I I'm appreciate you. And stay motivated, stay positive, bro. And we gonna we gonna reconnect. Oh yeah. stay in touch and we can always chop it up, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. Definitely. See, this is what I love about my podcast. Um, three years ago when I started this, never saw it like this, bro. I started this podcast three years ago in my parents' uh basement, um, because I had gone through a very very bad uh breakup and also realized i had a drinking problem like it was like a like a like a combination of both and to see this now break out to be able to talk to people that i would have never been able to talk to had i not started it and talk to people who are just as enlightening and as informative and doing good things in the world bro that just warms my heart and wanting to be on the show like i wanted you on the show but you wanted to be on the show too so i was like damn that's dope <laughs> like goes both ways you know and so I thank you, bro, because, you know, like I'm just a man trying to do some stuff, just trying to, you know, make a way to find a way. Like no one in my family's ever had this type of direction. So it's like now after me, if anyone in my family wants to do something like this, they know it's possible or plausible because, you know, they see me. So I'm sure you, you've seen that before. And so, you know, that's why I just want to thank you again for having you on. Uh, all your links, I'll make sure they'll be down at the bottom. So y'all check them out. Um, we'll have the links in the description so you can find my man. Um, again, go ahead, go ahead. Yes, I'm saying one more thing. I got go a ahead. website coming soon www.kenneth.laverd.com. 
kennethlevert.com. It'll be mm-hmm. up probably within the next 30 days or so. Next 30 days. You know I'll keep a lookout for it. And, you know, tag me in it so I can repost and reshare. Oh, definitely, bro. I'm going to always tag you. Almost definitely, bro. As I told, I mean, and I, I'm sorry, I didn't tell you. As I told my audience a long time ago, listen, man, support is free. Okay. Support is free. It don't take like that is one. That is one of the good things I will say that has came out of the Internet is it has allowed me to be able to support people like my good brother Kenneth here, who is six hours up the street and I'm six hours down the street with the ability of the Internet. You know what I'm saying? And be able to branch out and be able to inform and now use each other's networks in a positive way. So I'm I'm happy to support brother. Anyway, you know that for sure. Um, but we're going to sign out of here. I'll have you back on sometime soon, man. You know, you can always call on me if you got some stuff you want to drop. You need some voices on something. You know, I do a little sexy voice, you know what I'm saying, with the little interludes. Oh, man, we're going to put it together. We're going to put it together, man. You know what? Next time I get in the studio and start working on another project or whatever, man, I'm definitely going to hit you, and I definitely need you on there. Man, you know I got you, Kenneth. Thank you, brother. Until next time, y'all, we are out. What's the name of Uncle Poochie's podcast? Six Feet Under. Six Feet Under podcast.